So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 7, Episode 15 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Jenny tries to see if threatening to move to America will help with Samit's parents. Kim goes to Nigeria with Jamal and makes things awkward. Shida lays down an ultimatum for Bilal. Jovi has a plan to help he and Yara's relationship. Michael makes the most of having an upper hand with over Angela. And Ed bores us all with his love for interior design. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dunces, and Life Lessons. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup, okay, where we'll be covering the new season of Love During Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm not too bad. Um, we're getting there. Holiday season starting. You know, things moving along. Yes, it is. Um, Buy anything good? Not yet. I still have to do most of my shopping. I'm trying to knock it out. I'm trying to knock, trying to knock most of it out. I have like half of it done. So I'm going to get the other half done this week. Mm, yep. Sounds like a plan because I was uh, looking at something I was going to buy for myself and they're already threatening like, you may not get this for Christmas. I was like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. 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 That's that's tough. Oh, yeah. I got I got those ones. The ones that there's going to be like a shortage of uh, those ones I got. I got nipped, I got taken care of right away. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, a segment where it seems like it's definitely winter time uh, is Yara and Jovi. They're taking a slow walk where Yara is trying to make small talk, and Jovi just has a sour look on his mm-hmm. face, and he can't do more than really just grunt. Mm-hmm. 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 But it ends up that Jovi is frustrated and upset that Yara is being influenced by her mom and her friend. Yara says that they're nearing the end of their trip to Europe, and they just haven't helped anyone. Yara says she does everything to make Jovi happy, like moving to the U.S. and living in a place that she hates for him. So the least he could do is let her stay a little longer. Jovi thinks his feelings just aren't being considered. He's stressed because he thinks her staying and getting an apartment will affect their future together. He then throws out that maybe they should go home and try for another baby, (sighs) which (sighs) shocks and confuses Yara. Jovi doesn't want to be an old dad, and he also thinks that another baby will make them closer. Yara says no, because she will be the one who has to raise the second child because he's always at work. Yara says maybe in another four years, because right now she's getting her work off the ground. She doesn't want two babies to take care of. Yara asks if Jovi is is trying to keep more control over her by having more kids and thinks it's a super weird excuse to get her to get back to the U.S. Karina, Yara's friend, and Yara are having a spa day. Yara tells Karina about Jovi wanting to have another baby, and she has pretty much the same reaction as Yara. Yara feels like she sacrificed a lot with Mila, and she doesn't think Jovi understands how difficult having a baby is. Meanwhile, Talmadge and Jovi are both having a drink, and Talmadge is happy to get away from all the fighting that's happening. Jovi tells Talmadge about asking for another child, and Jovi says he doesn't think his opinion is being considered and felt like he was being laughed at. Jovi feels like Yara is planning a future for herself only. Talmadge thinks that Jovi has changed and he's more of a family man now. He thinks that Yara is being selfish and can't have her calling all the shots. Jovi tells Talmadge he's going to put his foot down. Meanwhile, Yara says that she thinks distance might be good for her and Jovi, so she wants to stay in Europe with Mila. 
All right. Um, so do you think that Jovi really wanted to have another child and he's just bringing this up now, as Yara says, as a weird excuse to get her to go back? I mean, I definitely think it's a trap, baby. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, because think about it. If they go back and she gets pregnant, right? Yeah. That's nine months where she can't go back. At least. Right, right. Right. And then after nine months, I mean, how long? You can't travel with an infant. So it's probably right. it's probably closer to a year where she can't come back to Europe. Right. Yeah. And she's kind of stuck there, stuck there with you. Like I, I and I think he pretty much explicitly said that. Right. Like, more or less. Like it's he maybe wants a baby, but yes. to bring it up now and in this way, I think in, in general, is it, it just it really, really sounds like a trap baby. Yeah, it definitely does. And I feel bad for Yara because I don't know if Jovi really gets how difficult it is. Because I get that, you know, he's at work a lot. So like for, you know, a month at a time, let's say. And then when he's back, I'm sure he does more than probably most dads would do, Sure, you know, on a given day, because I mean, he's not working. He's not there the whole time. He's trying to get in his quality time with Mila. But I don't know if he really gets what it's like to have yeah. to take care of a infant, like by himself for that many nights. For, yeah. Consecutively. Three straight months with mm-hmm. no break is yeah. very, very hard. Right. And it's all on you. And it's just all you. on you. Just mm-hmm. you. Yeah, that's that's because I mean, at least at le- I feel like even most overworked moms are like you get home from work late. But at least when they get home from work, you're like, take the baby like that. And they yeah. can get like a couple hours to themselves. Right. Or anything. But like, right. Well, they can get up. Early, but it's just like this is just you. And it's like it is hard now. I don't know. The other thing is, but I get kind of get where he's coming from because she's like in four years. And that to me, my personal preference is like that sounds worse <laughs> like yeah uh, yeah because i feel like just when things are starting to get easier with one you right start, you over. start all over again right mm-hmm. and, and that's it and so instead of it being really really hard for four or five years it's really really hard for like eight years yeah right? yeah that makes sense um and and that's to, for that's that's where i stand that's why i think when she was like oh i want to try again in f- maybe even four or five years i was like oh my god that sounds awful like right and where, and where he comes from he's like he's what 30 in his early 30s somewhere now we're yeah. talking late 30s when you have your second kid and if, if there's an idea for a third kid now you're talking in your 40s for the third kid i could i mean i personally understand why you don't want to do that but yeah to bring it up when you're having this fight about where she's gonna right. stay is extremely suspicious oh no it totally is i feel like if you know because you're i think you are right inevitably about the whole like timeline of you know the family planning and everything like that if she just said okay let's try just next year Mm -hmm. you know like let me get this whole europe situation like right figure it out you know let's maybe make sure that my family's safe so if i need to come back over here like that's an option and then you know like we can have kids again i think if she had said something like that then maybe that would have been a little bit more reasonable. But yeah, but I mean, but he even he even threw out the maybe having this baby will strengthen our relationship, which is just like one of the road signs on the on on the road to a breakup, right? Maybe right. having a baby. Oh look, kids, it's maybe having a baby will strengthen our relationship. We're getting towards a breakup. Oh my gosh, yes, that's so true. Like I mean, I think it's interesting how many people think that, 
right? Yeah. You know what? I think maybe where he's coming from is this. Like, you know, he had they had Mila. They had Mila. Yes. And I think it made him feel more love for Yara. Right. But that could be one sided if, you know, Jovi kind of gets all he gets a break from parenthood. Right. And I mean, he, I'm sure he wouldn't consider it a break because he's like, it's work. I have right. to do that. Yes. Right. Uh, but I mean, from Yara's perspective, I could see her being kind of resentful of the fact that she doesn't have a partner there all the time to help her. Oh, absolutely. And, right. And so it's like, I can see how Jovi probably felt closer to Yara and Yara didn't feel closer to Jovi. Right. You know, so Jovi's thinking like, yes, more kids. I'll have even more love for Yara and then another baby. And Yara's like, more kids. I'm going to resent you more for strapping me with two kids and you not being there to help out. Yeah, I mean and but the thing is is like almost everybody in the in the relationship acknowledges that without Myla she probably would have moved back to Europe. Right. Right. And so yeah, you can say that the baby boy she's literally kept you together for longer, right? right. But I don't know, it just is one of those things that when it seems like when you're it, it's super common for a guy when he's worried that this relationship's falling apart. Mm-hmm. And he's worried and and I am certainly no exception to this, that you start doing a bunch of things that are not helpful, <laughs> like they're desperate like <laughs> acts that just make it happen faster. Like, oh, goodness. Well, then maybe that's like what should happen, right? Like, why are we going to like die a slow death? But it's I, when I say it's happened faster. What I'm saying is that it's, what's what's um, frustrating about it is their attempts, your attempts to save the relationship. Sure. Just make it worse. And she said that as much too, right? Yeah. I was The more he talks and the more he seems worried about me going back to the States, the more it makes me want to stay in Europe. Like, right. Like, like she keeps saying that. And that, that's, and, and he just is not seeing that because he's just completely in his own head going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about, well, we were talking about babies. Let's talk about Bilal and Shida. Oh, All right, so we're still in New York with Bilal and Shida, and this week's activity is one of those helicopter tours around Manhattan. So he says that she's been talking about doing this and going on a helicopter ride since they've even been talking in Trinidad, and this is a chance to get it off her bucket list. So they have this whole segment where they play weird Broadway-ish sounding music, and everybody goes woo and says you know New Yorky mm-hmm. things. And all right, then they land. So then it's time for the you know the talk of the week because it can't just be fun activity. We have to have a serious <laughs> conversation now while we're waiting for our Uber. And of course, it's babies. So they're waiting for the Uber, and you know she says the whole experience is magical, but he feels a uh, butt coming, and he's very right. Um. She feels like the thing that matters the most, he's getting to do all this fun stuff that was on his list of things to do, but her list only has one thing on it, and they're not doing that, and that's children. So he thinks that it's unfair since she keeps saying we don't talk about children, despite the fact that all they do is talk about children, and they even right. talk about it so much they put it in writing on the prenup. Yeah. <laughs> so um, – she wants to – she keeps saying, though, she wants to have a definite date of when they're going to try to have babies. And he still has in his feelings that it's not fair that he – his feelings about, like, wanting to wait, wanting to put things off, um, get pushed aside. And what he wants to do gets pushed aside so they can talk about what she wants to do. So, anyway, she tells him that she doesn't want to be with someone that won't have children with him. And he says, I will have children with you. 
Um, that's a question I've been very consistent about, um, but it's you that's always changing what you want and changing the timeline. Um, so things devolve pretty quickly from there, that point, and then it ends up with him at some point blurting out, what have you done for me? Um, mm. Yeah, like, nah. yeah, <laughs> that's not good. No. So she says it's no more Mr. Nice Girl, and she gives him, basically gives him an ultimatum. If she doesn't get an answer for him about how soon he wants children, that's going to break the relationship. So this is not the way he wants things to go. And, you know, but the ultimatum especially and he because it makes him feel like she's not committed to the relationship. So later that day, we catch up to them walking in Central Park and talking about how tense things are with them, which is, you know, it's supposed to be a really tense, really emotional time. So it was probably not the best time to film the interview segment with Shida where the kid in the background just totally fell flat on his face. <laughs> it was a kid in the back and he was running like behind her. He just tripped and fell right in his face. It was Those were the I, best kind of clips. You know? I love that. They laughed mm-hmm. so hard at that. Um, so anyway, Utris is leaving tomorrow and they're actually meeting up with her in the park. So once she gets there, Bilal leaves them to chat amongst themselves and Shada recaps what happened. So Utris, I don't know, gets out like her high school mean girl bullshit and is like, well, he said that he'd be happy if you accidentally got pregnant. So maybe just don't take your birth control and he'll be happy (laughs) because you accidentally got pregnant. But that won't work because Bilal is not relying on Shida taking the birth control. (laughs) He's the one using protection. So Utris is just completely mind blown that a guy would use condoms uh, just like what Red flag. and she says it's evil and worse than she thought because that means he lied to her when he said that he'd be happy if they were pregnant it, i don't know but and of course she left out the part where right before he said that he would be happy he also said that it's basically impossible that she's gonna get pregnant right so anyway he clearly she says this means he clearly does not want to have a child which um I don't know. He also would say the same thing for right now. It's always been an mm. issue of right now versus ever. Not – everybody agrees he doesn't want a child right now. Um, so anyway, Shida tells us that she gave him a nine-month ultimatum. They Like I couldn't tell what it was. Nine months to tell her when or nine months to start trying. And at that point, yeah, a uterus gets Shida to say that given the choice between having a baby and being married to Bilal, she'd choose baby. So uterus says she must be strong. And if he's still wrapping it up in nine months, she needs to kick him to the curb. Um, okay, so let's start with – I had a lot of things going on there. Well, I guess I guess in the argument – and this is one. Are we are – we, I know we don't like Bilal and that's a given. Right, sure. But what about the specifics of the uh, argument in this episode? Like where do we stand? Um. Yeah, I mean – I think the thing that is very frustrating about Bilal's argument is that the premise of his side is based on old information. And I mean, Shida even brought that up. Like, after we went to go see the doctor, this is the new situation. That means that the timeline should be different because it should be updated to be aligned with this situation and it's like for some reason Bilal is just like well we already decided this is already taken care of right. not really yeah but Bilal basically said that didn't change my that did not change my timeline right like, and and so that that's what bothered me about it is Shida is mm-hmm. being dishonest about what she wants she says mm-hmm. I just want to know when and she doesn't she wants to try now like, yeah because if he because if, if he would if she would have said I just wanted to win when he went fine I'll tell you when three years she would be like, right. that's a, she would not be happy with that. 
right? No, <laughs> this is a difficult situation, too, because, I mean, she even said that she's Muslim. She's not going to get divorced. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you've already said, you know, you would pick baby over Bilal. And it kind of seems like not really. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, yeah, because you, you say both. Fa- she says both things, though. And I don't know which one right. when she's being when she's being truthful, when she's not. Because yeah. to you, Tris, she's saying one thing and him she's saying the other thing. But do you think she could go to like a sperm bank, like being a married woman and just be like. I want to say no, because we, we heard them talking about I th- thought at some point we heard the, them talking about like what's acceptable, and what's not in Muslims for like IVF. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's fine as long as the people are married. OK. Right? And and so like like IVF would be fine if it was Bilal, you know, making making it her, you know, Bilal sperm, her eggs and they did IVF. Right. That would be fine. So I don't I think sperm bank would be considered having a child with somebody you're not married to. Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know what she's planning on doing then. Yeah, I mean, because she she's not going to be able to force him to not wear his condoms. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, thought... I have ideas of what she could do, but I mean, yeah. that's all. Oh, we're getting into very sketchy, extremely sketchy. Yes, yes. Here. But uh, I don't know, man. I think he has those things locked up. <laughs> I think he's. Like, you will not access these before I get to them. Yeah, I was gonna say the reality is, like, let's say for some reason she poked holes in it. I don't think that she's gonna get pregnant, considering considering how hard, unlikely how it is hard anyway. It is, yeah. Yes, without like even if you got somewhat of a barrier, right? It's like you're still got decreased chance. I don't think that's gonna be super effective. That yeah, that's also true. That's also yeah. true. I just, I mean, I also was just like dumbfounded at how offended uterus was that he was using condoms <laughs> um i took that as more like just shock like i thought no man wanted to ever wear a condom i mean yes i i, I don't know I, I i it's it's definitely a topic that like you know people don't always talk about all this. you know something that comes up in private things but i think there's mm-hmm. some people that just have different ones it was like wait wait people don't use condoms every time and other people <laughs> like wait people use condoms at all and it's like wait like, yeah like, what are you talking about right it's like it's very much uh uh, uh very much varies from person to person at partner to partner uh-huh. um that but i think she was just like well oh my god he's giving up all this stuff for for this just to make sure you don't get pregnant that's evil and i was like evil is well especially because you know, I've definitely heard a lot of talk recently when I've been listening about feminist thought is like it's kind of bullshit that the entire birth control industry is around women and women right. are responsible. Women have yes. to do it and women have to do everything mm-hmm. and men don't have to do anything. And so here we do have a man who's actively doing something to start to take proactively you do birth control and the woman's just like, what? That's evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think evil was definitely like a mis. <laughs> characterization of what is actually <laughs> happening but i do believe her shock is real yeah i mean it, it was the the i don't know i i, I guess i don't believe the shock is real like if i because <laughs> i mean because I, at the end of the day what it comes down to is that well they, I, I imagine they ta- they talked about it and if she's gonna say well i'm not gonna take birth control pills below then he's gonna be like okay then I will wear condoms, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a sneaky thing. I don't think it's him saying, like, well, I'm, I, I'm afraid she's going to stop taking her birth control pills because I think he's smart enough to realize that that <laughs> might have been a possibility. Um, right, right. And, and it's, yeah. But, well, the other thing, too, is, I, I mean, I really didn't like Uterus because I thought she was just a shit stirrer. 
Mm-hmm. And like, and especially when she did that, when she said, well, he told me that he'd be happy. But he also told, you know, he told me he'd be happy if he got pregnant. That, that must have been a lie. He must have been lying to me. I was like, I saw that conversation. That was the, con- the context was, if it's a gift from God, it's a gift from God. I'm going to take it. But I'm taking steps to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And yeah, because he did say, oh, that's impossible or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, probably he would think like, oh, well, if she got pregnant through the condoms, like through like her decreased chances of getting pregnant. Yes, it is a gift from God because that's a miracle baby right there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to Jenny and Summit. Jenny, Summit. Jenny's daughter and wife are all meeting with Samit's parents, or so they think. They haven't met since Samit told them that they were married and his mom disowned him. Samit's father, brother, and sister-in-law all show up. Jenny thinks if it goes south, there's no choice but to take Samit back to America. Samit starts off the conversation asking why his mom isn't there, and Anil, his dad, says that his mom is still upset and not well, as he puts it. Christina, Jenny's daughter, takes charge because she wants to stand up for her mom and hopes that they can somehow make things better. Christina asks them to be more open to the love and happiness that is shared between Summit and Jenny. Shri, the sister-in-law, says it's hard for them all to accept. Anil says that the family and relatives that, uh, you know, they keep on speaking bad things about them and they're just being very judgmental and it's very difficult for them to hear. Society doesn't accept their relationship, and they cannot endure the judgment. Jenny tells them that maybe it's better if they lived in America, so then they won't be seen together. And Summit didn't know she was going to say that, but just kind of sits by and doesn't say anything to contradict Jenny's uh, laying out the plan of them going to America. All right, so uh, do you think that Christina can somehow make this better? No. Because I, I, yeah. because the, the, I, I, and I thought Anil was good at making the point that it was like, it's not even about what we think. Like, we right. can think and be as open as we want. It's not about what we think. We are currently being shunned from society mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're, because my son is married to a crazy old lady. Like, I right. can't go to I can't go to the club. I can't I be, <laughs> you know, right. I get, I'm getting kicked out of restaurants like my my brother-in-law, my my family calls me every other day being like, are they barely split up yet? Like, this is intolerable. Not be and it doesn't. And me being like, oh, I agree. I love Jenny now. Doesn't change right. that. Like, yeah. Yeah, like uh, what would have happened if the family had actually stood up for her? And I don't know if that would have made much of a difference. I mean, it would have made things worse for them, like yeah, in terms of sure. what of what they're talking about in that. Now, I don't know. I, I always get the the thing like, oh, your mother is still so upset about this; it's making her physically ill. Yeah, it's I always know, right? a little. It's always a little dramatic. But like, yes, yeah. I do believe. That in their society, and I, I believe in their society, there's just also not that kind of that American independent cowboy attitude, right? Where, like, we go, we have that American cultural thing where if you're being shunned or whatever, we're gonna be like, well, fuck me, fuck all y'all, I'm getting done, like, I'm right. I'll do it anyway, right? Screw everybody else, I'll yeah. figure it out on my own. And they just, I don't think that's part of their culture at all. But I do legit believe, and it just is weird to think of because that's also not part of our culture we just talk about people behind their backs mm-hmm. that like people are legit calling and being like hey so did your son break up with that oldie yet 
Yeah. That is, it is weird to me. It's like, are they exaggerating? They're really getting calls that often. It's like, you know, a calendar remind, like, oh, got to make my daily shunning calls. <laughs> it's like, why would someone bother to do that? It does seem like a full-time job just to shun people, right? But yeah. I also think, I, but, I, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're more or less getting kind of disowned from their own families mm-hmm. because this is happening. And they're like, we, what do we, what do we, what can we do about this? Like, well, has it gotten any better? Because, you know, if. Because uh, they disown them. Well, I'll tell right. you what, we disowned him. I don't know what you yeah. want me to do. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like, I guess that maybe maybe that's what it means. Maybe they're like, well, us disowned him, got us back to where a place we can stand. But if we mm-hmm. took him back, we'd be shunned again. Like, yeah. Okay, so when I was looking at Christina, I've never ever thought this before, but I was like, I see how she looks like Jenny. No, I don't I've think I generally do not. Right, I've never thought that before because to me they don't look anything right. alike, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the face shape and like they we got some side views i'm like oh my god they have the same head (laughs) yeah oh i do think it was a weird time to kind of bring up the moving to u.s thing because it doesn't seem like they brought it up with submit before no they (laughs) did it it's like we might have to move back to the u.s yeah she's like if if you're not into it then we'll leave we're gonna leave you alone yeah and i i I do feel bad for submit because i mean he's trying what he can try and obviously what he's trying isn't necessarily working but Mm -hmm. i've always said this this comes up a lot in education just because it's different than what's not working doesn't mean that that's gonna work (laughs) and so i feel like he's like yes this is a different tactic that is surely going to blow up in your face this is not going to help anybody yeah i kind of wondered a little bit because it didn't seem like i know he said in the interviews like oh you know we hadn't discussed this at all i don't i'm not trying to move to america but he but if you saw like it being played out he had like no reaction didn't look like he was surprised at all he just sat there right and i'm wondering if he's just sitting there going huh I wonder what their reaction to this would be, like the threat of us leaving, you know, if this will somehow rein it in. And (laughs) my my kind of take on his his kind of non-reaction, he didn't Mm -hmm. seem surprised or anything, was just to be like, oh, no, we can't. It's like it's like parents. We must be a united front. Like if they if my family sees that there's conflict between it, like they're going to. They're going to be they're going to get they're going to they're going to hit that spot over and right, over and over again. Right. right. But I could see him just being like, yeah, let's let's see what your reaction to this is. I'm not going to actually move. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, right. but I just want to see what you think. going to move his needle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to who do I have next? Let's go Angela and Michael. So Angela is still on the phone call with Billy from last episode that Michael walked out on. So she tries to apologize on Michael's behalf, saying, you know, it's just his jealousy, which Billy thinks is dumb because, oh, you're going to be jealous of someone that's stuck on a dialysis dialysis machine, which is missing the point. But OK. Mm-hmm. So she is upset because she thought that the phone call would ease Michael's mind and make him accept her Canada trip. But that blew up in her face. And now she's disappointed that she has to go explain her heart, her heart to her husband. So she knocks on the hotel door and he opens it. It, she starts in with a guilt trip. She's going with guilt trips this time instead of yeah. instead of yelling, which is a change. So you might – she's like, you want to go stop me from saving a man's life? To which Michael has some pretty good points, namely that she uh, is not a kidney doctor. And uh, she doesn't know how to – she's not donating a kidney to him. So she's in, has no way to save his life. 
Um, so she dodges that question and uh, instead just calls, well, are you going to say that bullshit to me? And accuses him of taking her anger out, his anger out on her. So her explanation is that she worked in hospice, which I don't know how that's an explanation. (laughs) But Michael stands strong and says that what's really angering him is how she told him that she's willing to give up his marriage in order to go to Billy, which to him means that he means nothing. So then she starts to plead for herself. But at the end, he just says it's simple. Just don't go there. Then he goes to bed and like plops in the bed and sits there and she's just like sitting up in the bed looking confused. So the next morning, uh, Michael's getting dressed and packing up while Angela's still asleep. He says he's going home and he can't, she, and she can't believe it. He's just mad about this stupid Canada trip. But he says it's not the trip. It's that if she wants to put Billy above the marriage, then I guess they're done. So he tells us in an interview that if Angela feels like she can do what she wants all the time and while also putting so many restrictions on him, that this can't possibly work. I mean, it only took him how many years to figure this out? I know, right? <laughs> so she gets him to sit down and talk and he he calls the situation absurd that she has always said that the order of things goes God and then marriage and then everything else. And she's not living up to that. But when she hits him with some of that abuser, like, look what you look what you made me do. I was pissed off at you. You know how I am. Bullshit. Uh, she says that when, you know, he tells her not to do something, it just pisses her off. It makes her want to do it more. Mm. So she's also realizing, we see in an interview, that maybe she's finally managed to do something that's just too far that he can't take. <laughs> and she, But also that she's not willing to let him walk off. So then she does the unthinkable and says... She won't go. And I in an interview. It is unthinkable. Uh, says maybe this time she went too far. So Michael just can't believe it. He won an argument. <laughs> and, it's just, and so they start fooling around under the covers, which we linger on a very uncomfortably long amount of time. Oh uh, but then when he get, but then before they anything too vulgar happens, he gets up to use the bathroom. And while he's there, he gets a text from one of the goofballs. Inviting them to meet up. So she kind of has the upper hand again, but she doesn't – she's not – she's trying not to yell at him yet. And she does agree to go talking to the goofballs even though they're supposed to be out of his life because they're the goofballs and she hates him. So, all right. So how do we pick it? How long did you ever think Michael would actually win an argument in this relationship? I know, right? I was surprised. I He was shocked. He was like, oh. <laughs> She actually did something. I mean, but I think part of it is kind of sticking to his guns. Um, She is very reactive. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that when he kind of voiced some concerns, how it's like her first reaction is always anger. It Mm. seems like, right? Yeah. Um, Defensiveness, anger. And it's like once she gets past that, if you can get past that, because sometimes it gets a little out of hand. It's like, I feel like she can be more reasonable. Um, but it's like Michael just celebrating too soon, right? Because she's just <laughs> going to get defensive and explosive about the next thing that comes along. Yeah. Yeah. You got one. You got one back. But that's like kicking a field goal after when you're down by 40. Like you, yeah. you got a long way to go, buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's. I didn't even know that he wasn't allowed to talk 
to them. But it seems to me that he could very easily use the Angela excuse in this situation. Well, when things weren't going uh, you know, right with you. I had to have someone to turn to. These people have been there for me. You know, like yeah. just like Angela has been saying about Billy. It sounds like the Angela excuse, you know, like it could work here. Yeah, but Angela knows her excuses are bullshit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> so they then she would really... say, well, that's bullshit. That can't be right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm bullshitting you. So you, you're going to say the same thing. I know it's bullshit. Right, right. I mean, even still, I feel like uh, because, Angela's because, thing is worse. Yeah, but but Angela. Okay, I'm not, now I'm thinking about more because I'm thinking, what would Angela go? She right. would say like, "No, I'm your wife. I'm the only emotional support you need. You should be turning to me for your emotional support, not these <laughs> yeah. goofballs." Like that's right. that's exactly where she'd go, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, well, couldn't the same have been said? You know, and then she would probably say, "Well, you are the one causing me my pain, so I couldn't turn to you." Well, right. Michael could probably say the same thing. You're yeah, the one causing say, me the but pain. But then she'd say, I wasn't causing you any pain. You caused me the pain. And then we, she'd flip yeah, it. She'd flip true. it. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, She's a master of that. Yeah. But I mean, I, th- I, I I just liked him from the very beginning, man. He caught it. She was like, you're trying to stop me from saving a man's life, which immediately I was like, how are you saving his life? I know, right? Are you going to hang out with him while he has dialysis? Like, that's not saving his life in anybody's yeah. like, definition. Honestly, Michael makes some pretty good arguments. I think he is just maybe a little bit slower of a talker, whether it's like yes. the English thing. He's or slower but, and softer. Right. Mm-hmm. But once he says it, it's just like, yeah, Angela, he's got a better point than you do. And it's just like because it takes him a little bit longer to like kind of spit things out. And Angela for sure talks over him. Yeah. It's as like soon as never, he, like, we never get to his points because as soon as he starts making it. It's, right. Yeah, it's boom, yeah. it's boom, it's 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 done. Right, yeah. All right, uh, so let's move on to Kim and Usman. So there was an interesting segment. It's been four months yeah. since Kim has been back in the U.S., and she's going to go back to Nigeria with her son, Jamal. Kim is hoping to meet Usman's nephew, Mahadi, so they can decide if they want to adopt him. Jamal kind of mocks Kim, saying he's so excited to meet Usman. Kim asks him not to fight him. Jamal is hoping to see Usman's true character. Jamal thinks he will know better in person, and he already anticipates his mom trying to force him to like Usman. Kim is going to talk to Muhammad, Usman's brother and father of his nephew, to really see if he wants to let him adopt his son. Kim is looking for any reason not to adopt at this point. Jamal thinks the whole situation is weird and isn't sure if he wants to meet the nephew right now. Kim doesn't want to take on this responsibility, but she says without full support and knowing it's the right thing to do, even if things may not work out with her and Usman. Usman is looking forward to seeing Kim, but is nervous about Jamal since he thinks that Jamal doesn't like him. When they see each other at the airport, they hug and kiss when they uh, and then Usman and Jamal also embrace quickly. And then Kim and Usman go back to hugging and kissing again as Jamal is just standing there awkwardly. Yeah, um, that was my second favorite part that I laughed right. at. Yes. While making eyes at the camera, yeah. like office style. He's doing like the gym from the office. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he tells us that he was just throwing up in his mouth a little bit Uh It's Jamal's first time out of the country, so he's just trying to make the most of this whole situation. 
They get to their hotel rooms, which are across the hall from one another, and Jamal comes over to enjoy dinner together. Jamal says it's been a long time since he's eaten with a partner of Kim's. Usman says he hopes that Jamal will see Nigeria as a second home, but doesn't get a very enthusiastic response from Jamal, which prompts Usman to call out that Jamal doesn't seem to like him. Usman then says he's going to get him a gift, which requires him to be blindfolded with a pair of pants. They clean up the table and uh, set out a box that's wrapped. Jamal attacks the package with a butter knife to uncover a PS5. Usman asks him for nothing more than respect as a man and assures him that Kim is safe with him. Jamal thinks that they have potential to get along. Usman is taking Kim and Jamal to meet some of his friends, Giant and Kaburu. Kaburu? They play a pretty safe game of archery, and the friends are getting along with Jamal, and there's just a lot of laughing, and it seems like they're having a really good time. Jamal then asks the friends how they see this relationship, and Kaburu brings up the idea of having two wives since Usman is childless. Usman then says that they will not be taking a second wife, and instead they are planning on adopting. Kim says that they have put their marriage on pause while they figure out, you know, adopting uh, his nephew, Mahadi, how that's going to work out. His friends think that Usman is sacrificing a lot by not taking a second wife, so Kim should accept the adopted child if that's what Usman wants. Usman then tells everyone that no one from the family knows about his plan to adopt. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. So Jamal is shocked and he's wondering if Usman can be trusted since Kim didn't even know that his family didn't know about his plan. Usman claims that he didn't tell anyone because he wanted to work it out with her first. Kim's starting to think this whole adoption thing seems doomed. All right. So do you think this adoption is doomed? Yes. I mean, is it cultural difference? Mm -hmm. But I was just thinking about going to my sister Mm -hmm. with my, you know, with 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 my new girlfriend, fiance, and just Mm -hmm. be like, listen, Miss O, Mm -hmm. I would like to adopt your youngest child. (laughs) She'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Well, okay, And do you think it's weirder that the child is older like the well, child okay, Mahadi is her, two at this point because right? my nephew is that age yeah i have a nephew that's that age right. and, and i'm like just imagine like going in big relationship with your nephew where you're just like i've been eyeing you kid like <laughs> that's weird eyeing you for adoption like, and i'm just like could you this kids you're gonna go live with your uncle now and he's gonna be your dad like that uh, he understands who mom and dad are already. Right. You know, like. And I feel like more time is passing on, too, because even from the time that he proposed this to Kim and now it's been four months. Right. Yeah. So this kid's going to be like three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is just so I, I don't even that's one of those things. Like a lot of times I have issues. I have I have a lot of issues personally with asking people for things mm-hmm. like even like r- normal, like run-of-the-mill favors right i cannot imagine asking my sibling for their child that's an insane ask how do you even bring that up well okay i know of a situation i have a friend and she is a triplet and uh it was a natural triplet it wasn't like an ivf triplet situation and so their parents already had one child and they were like oh we want one more and all of a sudden three 
And sure. it's like, so it was very overwhelming, but two of the th- uh, three ended up being in the NICU for a while. So the, uh, the one got to pretty much go home, but the f- parents were in the NICU all the time, you know, like, you know, with the babies. So they had uh, their one of the triplets living with the aunt and uncle for like a month. And then after that month, they were just like, uh, yeah, you want to adopt her? And so she always, my friend lived like with, and she pretty much calls him her twin, even though she's part of a triplet. And then the the second, her sister like grew up with the uncle and the aunt. And there's a lot of weird like situations like with that whole thing. But yeah, it was very bizarre. Like when she was telling me this story, I was like, that is not common here but maybe it is like in other cultures like hey help out we have so many mouths to feed like right and so so it seems to me it seems to me that it would be less awkward if it was coming from the parents being like wow we need a lot of we need help we have this we have our our, uh, you know this son that we don't know this this new kid that we we we're struggling to make ends meet if you could please you know take help us out and take that that would that would be weird here, mm-hmm. but that would seem okay. It's it's weird to go and try to ask someone if you can have their child. Like it's as the asker. Just that that's the part that seems weirdest to me. Right. No, and I, I get what you're saying. It is weird, I think, uh, for American culture, but maybe it's not so weird everywhere else because I mean, even David and Annie, you know, like they have their spin-off. And the mm-hmm. whole premise of their spinoff is that they're adopting Annie's younger brother and Annie's cousin, who are high school aged kids, to move with them to the U.S. so they can get a better education. Because even Usman was kind of saying like, oh, well, the reason why, you know, it would be better for Mohammed or no, not Mohammed, uh, Mahadi is that. You know, Mahadi will get to grow up in the U.S. and there's so much more well, I, opportunities. I, I, I totally believe that if you be, if you grow up in a more collectivist culture, that it's not it, – it, you feel like everyone feels responsibility for all the children. Sure. And so it's not really a, as big of a deal to be like, you know, oh, well, this one legally belongs to you and this one right, legally belongs right, right. to her, whatever. I, they're all just the children that we take care of, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so I could, I could see something more coming from that. But yeah, the fact that – and I guess it's, it's the part, and that's where Kim is. Is like this hasn't even been something that you've like even sent out feelers for, right? Like, and, and now I'm already in Nigeria to discuss this. This this is this is bad, right? Um, what about the, okay? So here's the other part I want to jump in and talk about. Um, is that the same PS5 that she gave Usman? Okay, that was an excellent. <laughs> I had the exact same thought. I'm like, how does Usman have money? And not even that. I feel like isn't the PS5, or am I thinking of the PlayStation? Oh, no, no, PlayStation, play, uh, yeah, they are yeah. the same thing. Isn't that Xbox. hard to get? It was very hard to get. Like, I don't know how hard it is to get this Christmas, but like, I know my 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 nephews got one last Christmas and it uh-huh. was like, it was, it was like they were not expecting to get it because they had heard in the movies. They're like, well, nobody can get a PS5 right. this year. Like, and so, yeah. So that, and, those were the two things. I was like, well, how did you obtain one? Like, how do, were you able to get one in a store? And then two, how are you paying for that? Um, and so I was just like, I wonder if it's the same thing. But I mean, I also kind of feel like Kim doesn't seem like the type of person who would have bought the PS5 for Usman if she didn't know Usman wanted it. 
or had right. mentioned it or something. So I can't imagine that Usman like was like, I don't even ask for this PS5. Well, I guess I'm going to regift it. No, but I wonder if it's like. I have to see because I don't know because I know there was an issue back when the Xbox and I think they may have fixed it. But I know when I had the first Xbox, like there were like different – it worked differently in Australia or in in, in the rest of the world oh, in the US. Oh, right, right. And like whether it's a Japanese – the Japanese version. So like if you got Japanese games, you couldn't play it on your on our Xbox. Oh, sure because everything's right? like regioned or whatever. Yeah, regioned. I wonder, I wonder yeah. if the PS5 was regioned or something and it was like, well, this one doesn't work in Nigeria. So I'll just give it to Jamal. And it'll be my present. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if Kim would even think about that. That's what I'm saying. I don't think she would. I think she would just buy a PS5 and bring it with her. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah, I would not be surprised if this was a re-gift either. That was my immediate thought. Yeah. And just so it's just the whole situation is so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I loved he was hilarious making his goofy rolling eyes in yeah. the in the airport. And then just the part where it was like. It, 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 and then they were playing like you know the, the archery game. It was like some sort of backyard game. Like yeah. we have, like we have uh, what's what's the can corn jam hole. or cornhole or whatever, something like that. It yeah. wasn't like real archery. It was like right, a big right. foam thing on the front of it. Um, but there was clearly rules, and they were on teams and stuff. And she's like, I love how much it was like. She was like watching him like he was on a play date. Yeah, like oh yeah. look at this nice play date. It's going along so well. But it's like, and then it was just weird to think about that he's not playing with like. Your partner's other kids, like pretty yeah. much style. It's like this is your. He's playing with your husband, your potential husband, and his friends, and they're all the same age. Yeah, and you're over there, be like, oh, aren't you playing nice together, boys? It's oh, so gosh. weird. Um, did we know if Jamal's dad was also Nigerian? Because I think uh, Jamal made a comment about going to the motherland. Uh, yeah, but I've I've also heard a decent number of American. Black people just call any place in Africa. Oh, in Africa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I don't, that's what I was confused about. I don't, I think we've heard next to nothing about Jamal's dad. Yeah. I can't remember hearing anything about him. Right. Right. I think she only has that one son, right? That's all we've, that's all we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they've even referenced anybody else. Right. And I don't think they've been together. I mean, I mean, she's been single for a really long time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like there's there's like if you looked at it when they were still at still in San Diego, there were pictures like on the wall of like the single mom picture that they used to. They, it was really popular. It's like, you know, they take families. The family picture was just her and Jamal. Yeah. Right. It was. A, yeah. him, and he was like an infant. Like he was just like sitting on her lap. Oh, really? like when he was maybe. Yeah. Maybe he was maybe less than a year old, probably. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. All right. So that brings it to who I got Ed and Liz. Oh, my God. It was so annoying <laughs> this episode. All right. So Liz is out on a boat whale watching and following a pot of dolphins, which clearly means they're not in Arkansas anymore. They're back in San Diego. So she says that um, that some tough things have happened since they've been back. And she's talking things over with her girlfriends, Tony and J-Lo. So Liz says that she's burned through her savings and she's spending uh, too much time with Ed. Like, so to solve both of those problems, she's going to go back to working full time at the restaurant. So she's worried that it might be too much independence for Ed to deal with. But they'll they tell her that eh, that's an Ed problem and not a you problem. So they have no problem. They don't have any issues with Ed per se, as long as uh, Liz is going to be happy. So she needs to do what she needs to do to be happy. This is what Tawny and JLo were saying. So another reason she needs to go back to work is because her daughter Riley's father 
is being stationed outside of the country. So it looks like there may be a fight for custody involving a mediator and having a job is going to help her in that in that argument. Um, it's also going to help if she ha- has a partner that's supportive and stable, which Ed has not been so far. So right now, uh, the Riley's dad has full custody and she sees Riley from time to time. But if she ends up out of the country, who knows when she'd see her or how often. So the next we see them, they're doing some house shopping, starting with a five-bedroom open house that is probably totally out of Ed's price range. <laughs> so, But he figures um, that they'll need a guest room. You know, the, the rooms of the house. He needs to be a guest room, a room for Riley, a she room. And I'm not sure what other other room would be used for in this house. So we get there and Ed wastes no time that he comes in immediately and says, well, you know, I have a background in design. So uh, let me tell you about everything. Oh, and God. so he even tells us in an interview how important design is to him and how this makes him superior to Liz, who, you know, is so unsophisticated that she refers to sofas as couches. Oh, God. <laughs> so the whole time, she's he's just pretentiously showing off his design knowledge. Um, he's into, he's really, really selling in, into mid-century modern design, which I feel like is just the phrase they use on HGTV for, to describe all the houses, no matter what they look like. <laughs> right. They're just like, oh, this one's uh, mid-century modern. What about this one? It looks completely different. I really love the mid-century modern feel of it. Um, <laughs> So I'm not exactly sure if it was mid-century modern at all because I'm not an interior designer. But she says that Liz looks for four walls in a, in a, in a roof, but he has taste. So the price of the house is $1.2 million, which is outside of the price range anyway. So he takes his pink Crocs and sits with her in the kitchen. And then Liz wants to talk to him. So because of the custody issue, she's really, really concerned about stability. And she wants to make sure before they invest in a house together that things are going to be more stable than they've been because she knows how quickly things can fall apart. So sitting in this open house, she talks about maybe the time is right for them to move out of San Diego for a fresh start. She doesn't really care where they go as long as they could be together and get away from the place where things have been so rocky and presumably where houses are more affordable. So if they can't be stable, then the mediator isn't going to let her have custody of of her daughter. So Ed says it means a lot to him that she's so invested in this relationship working and the focus, of course, should be on Riley. So he likes all the things she's saying and they get up and hug and they say they love each other. And he had always envisioned staying in San Diego together. But if moving to another city is what it takes to do that, um, he'll do that. So then as they're kind of leaving, he suggests they start in Palm Springs. So I don't know. I mean, is it? Is that the dumbest idea? I mean, do you think she's onto something of maybe changing locations is going to give you more of a fresh start? Uh, maybe because, I mean, it seems like all of the people that aren't talking to them or they have problems with are in San Diego, right? Based on their that's engagement true. party. Yeah. Uh, that's where his best friend Justin is that doesn't agree with their relationship. That's where his daughter is. That's where his mom is. But I mean, but also it's like. I don't know if the goal really is to cut these people completely out of their lives. So if that's not the goal, I don't know how moving away is really going to help, like, mend those bridges. Um, So, I mean, I think it really kind of depends where they want to be kind of going forward. I mean, Palm Springs isn't terrible. It's like... um, 
I think it's probably like an hour and a half drive from like where they are at. So like, yeah, if your fresh start is like an hour and a half away, it's not a terrible, terrible thing. But sure. Yeah. And it's probably incredibly more affordable. That I mean, I think that's the biggest issue. I think I think, I think she said a big thing about, you know, fresh start where all the people are. Mm-hmm. But I think the bigger issue is I need to live in a house. And I need to live in a house that's big enough to have this kid. And yeah. you cannot afford that, right? We cannot afford that right now I'm in San Diego. I'm surprised that the house that they looked at was $1.2 million. It's a five-bedroom house in San Diego. Like, I was shocked. I was like, where's this well, house? Well, I'm, 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 I, it's funny because I did briefly mention about, like, the location of it. He's like, yeah, it's a little farther out than I'd like. So, I don't know how how in San Diego this house was. Yeah. I was say, I don't know. Maybe I should be looking at that because you cannot get a five bedroom house around here for a million. Yeah, right. Oh no, 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 no. I mean, you can't hear. No, not five bedrooms. What am I talking about? No, like, especially one that's that nice. It was, it was nice inside. It definitely was designed very nicely. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, this was I watched with my uh, my partner who is a professional kitchen designer. Yes. So it was very much like a. Uh, I need your input on this. Is this is it? So I was like, is this even mid-century modern? And she was like, I feel like there should be more wood. It was very white. Yeah, like it, it was, was very, very that white. modern thing. It was very very white. Well, maybe that's the modern part, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it it's just a lot of I don't know. It just that that whole that whole thing was like not edit his worst because I feel like the gaslighting, mm-hmm. you know, homophobic relationship, jealous relationship with the lesbian Ed is the worst Ed. Yeah. But my second least favorite Ed is the pretentious know-it-all Ed. Um, and that's what – maybe we could use muted glass. And that's like, you just you, – come on, man. What is this? Yeah, that is an annoying Ed. And we saw that when he was trying to give Liz like what photography lessons the photography, or whatever. Yeah, he was yeah. there with the photography too. Exactly. Right, right. Okay, so we didn't hear from Libby and Andre. Um, for some reason, they keep teasing this family therapy that seems to never be happening. Uh, so, out of the group you did see this week, who would you say is your student of the week? I, I said Michael because he finally won. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I Yes, I said the exact same thing. I was like, well, yeah. And he was able to make, like, good arguments. And, yeah, I think that's why he did win because Angela's like, well... I guess you're right. And he put his foot down. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. How about your dunce? Uh, I don't want Jovi. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I think he's, it was a trap baby. Trap babies are not good. Right. <laughs> like you can't, that's a, just a terrible idea. A terrible time to suggest it. And he's just, he's really being off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went with Usman. Like the whole, come on, dude. You're not going to like let anyone in on your adoption plan. Like, I, I, what are you doing? You can't just take your brother's kid. <laughs> right. Because that's and what get, kind of sounds like. Is I get what he was going for. Because, I mean, I, I, somebody, it, it's, everybody kind of has to know at the same time. And that's what he didn't get. He was like, well, I wanted to make sure it was okay with you. Because you also don't want to, like, work out this whole adoption thing with your brother and say, like, I've worked out adopting my brother's kid. Can I? And he'd be like. He should have been upfront though with her. Like yeah. he should have been like, "Well, I haven't discussed sure. it with him, but what do you think of this as a plan?" But I yeah, think what right. ended up happening is he th- said, "What do you think of this as a plan?" And she wasn't about it, and so he immediately went into must convince her mode. Mm-hmm. And right, have, I haven't talked about it with him yet. Is not gonna is not no, gonna move, it's not gonna move convince it towards convincing. Her. Yeah. Yes. So I, I feel like that's where it went wrong. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, how about your life lesson? All right. So my life lesson, um, it, I had it toward Bilal and Shida, but I feel like it comes up quite a bit. And it's just be it's this it's, it's, just because you don't like someone's answer doesn't mean that they didn't give you an answer. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, my actually life lesson is p- kind of similar ish to that, but it wasn't even intended for Bilal and Shida. It actually uh, I was thinking about Michael and Angela first, but also it applies to Yara and Jovi. Um, you can't tell someone what to do, but tell them how doing something would make you feel or pointing out the consequences. You should do that and hope that they make the right choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. Jovi telling Yara, like, you must stay here. Like, or, I mean, you must go home. Like, that's not working. That's not going to work. No. no. That, and then she, she even said it before. That's just going to make it more likely that yeah. I want to stay. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. All right. So uh, maybe we'll get the family therapy episode next week. I don't think we did. We saw, like, we yeah. saw a preview of, like, Chuck and uh, what Ch- Chuck and uh, Andre and a. Uh, tea house talking about something well what if uh chuck's gonna be a mediator or something i don't know we're not getting to family therapy yet i think they're plotting for the family therapy like to somehow entrap someone into admitting that oh that was it no no yeah chuck wants to chuck is gonna try to interrogate a spy interrogate and see if anybody uh has did the did the immigration thing yeah reporting to immigration yeah yeah Yeah. all right well so we will be back uh same time next week so until then yep we'll see everybody then okay bye bye